Hey guys, Veronica, Andrew, and Nate here. We are Foodies Watching Movies, a podcast dedicated to awesome movies, great food, and that's about it. Check us out on the JIC Network at www.journeyintocomics.com. Maybe throw some money over to our Patreon so we can eat this week. And now your feature presentation. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 18 of Poor 360. As always, I am your host, Andrew Poor, and this is a show that covers topics, topics of importance, topics involving news and the things that are going on in the world. And I thought of what a better way to talk about for today's episode than what is going on right now, which is the world of spoilers. Now, if you're like me, who enjoys... Things that are going on in the world of entertainment, TV shows, movies, all of that. You know that spoilers are a real thing. And fighting, trying to avoid them is sometimes impossible. You've seen how people rush to see Avengers Endgame to try and avoid seeing spoilers. So let's, let, me, let me back up first. So this all kind of spun out. My reason for doing this show was the fact that I've had to, due to other people, which is partially my fault, have been sharing spoilers for Game of Thrones since Season 8 premiered. Since the first episode on, I have been spoiled for major plot points as it's happened. And yes, I'm not caught up. I am almost caught up. I'm almost done with Season 7, so I'm just a few episodes behind and my goals get caught up by the time of the finale or so I can watch that live with everyone else. But... Trying to avoid it is true to be a challenge. Through the help of either Facebook or Twitter or someone of my friends or someone I follow, finding something that they didn't like or wanted to praise or wanted to share a screen cap or an image and it doesn't help that they're all easily accessible at this point, put it out there and then, oh, I know who died on episode two or I know this thing happened in episode three. And I can't avoid it. I've come to a point of so much that I've actually installed an app on my phone that will go over Facebook and Twitter, and if it has a bunch of keywords that I've typed in or they're already preset, that if it sees that type, that keyword in that body of the text, it'll blur it out with red that says spoiler Game of Thrones, and I have to like hold it to make it go away. So it's one way to prevent me from seeing spoilers. And I did this right before episode 5 of Game of Thrones drop, which is the one that dropped uh, just a couple days ago. And since then, I have not been spoiled for it. I know... A couple vague plot details, but I don't know of any character deaths. I don't know of any major battles or events. And I like it that way. I'm going to try and see if I can get through the rest of the week without being spoiled. And then I can watch, and then I get caught up and Liz and I get caught up. Then we can enjoy the finale with everyone else and then it can be over. And I got to thinking, like, I even made a post on Facebook today about people who just share spoilers without any regard. It's just, they kind of suck. Because it's true. Like, you don't have to share plot details. Like, I can, I get if you're upset. Like, oh, this happened and it upset me. Fine. Do I need to know? No. But as your own social media profile, you can share whatever you want. I can't... Someone can share a picture of their baby and I'm like, I don't want to see your baby. But it's their profile. They can do what they want. It's not 
my... They're not doing it to me. I'm choosing to follow them as a person, and if I don't like to see them, I can always unfollow them. I can mute all people who try and search spoilers and then won't see their posts until, after, until I choose to un... or to re-follow them. But we live in a really interesting world where... Like, oh, I need to not have this world for me. I've had... I've gone to movies with friends who will close their eyes and kind of cover their ears during the trailer part of a movie or try to avoid the trailers altogether just because they don't want any plot details spoiled. And I understand it is getting to a point where a lot of movie trailers, TV trailers, share a lot of the story. And it's some good stuff. You're still going to see the movie. Like, I saw all of the Avengers trailers, and it didn't hurt my watching of Endgame because all the trailers were really, like, the beginning and, like, ten seconds at the end. That was the movie. So, I think it's not terrible, but I still also chose to go to see Avengers Game at 6pm the day it came out because I didn't want someone to spoil something for me. It's kind of like if... I don't know if it would necessarily ruin my enjoyment of the film, but I feel like if I knew the last half hour of the film before going into it, would I still enjoyed the film? Maybe. Would I be waiting for that point to come? Yes. It was like, um, this is a weird example, but Liz saw A Star is Born before I did. And someone sa- and she, or someone who she went with, said, there's a dog in the movie, and it's uh, there's a part that's going to make you really sad. So I had that in the back of my head to watch the movie, and I was waiting for that moment to happen, and it never happened. So I was preoccupied, and prob- I don't know if I missed a detail, but it was basically the, the, the end of that movie. I'm not going to spoil it here, because... It's your, even though it's, if you've seen any of the Star is Born movies, you know that that's, it all follows the same plot pattern. You know where the main male protagonist has to go. I wonder if they're ever going to do a female adaption, but I don't know. We'll see if there's ever a, a young male character and then an established female character in that. But we'll, we're see what happens. It's a, we're in a world of remakes and reboots. It's anything is possible at this point. But back to spoilers. So I feel like everyone knows the spoilers. I remember everyone once the Harry Potter books came out, for example, wanted to read them and make sure that no one spoiled it. And I remember people got so upset when I think it was I don't know I think it was the sixth book. When the sixth book had come out, someone read the last few pages or something, and then like while a bunch of were waiting in line to pick up their copies of the book, yelled the big spoiler about who was killed in the ending of that book, and people freaked out and yelled and screamed and got upset. And I mean, that's fair. Like you don't, you don't want something like that to be spoiled for you. You're still going to read the book. Yeah, it's not like oh well, this is pointless to me now. For example, let's go to. Hmm. I, I wrote a few notes here. Let me pull up my little notepad to see. So I talked about Game of Thrones. How I Met Your Mother's another one. So How I Met Your Mother was a series a lot of people got involved with, a lot of people liked it, and they wanted to see who the mother was. And there was always, like, email articles about the mother is blank, so much so that, like, the finale of the second to the last season, so the the last season that really followed the normal chronological order before it did, like, the last season was, like, two weeks and then jumped for all that. So that they teased the mother so much that, that when they revealed it, you're like, oh, that's the mother, but then you didn't really know anything about her, and then it was just more speculation and more... but. Then people didn't like the ending. But by the time the actual finale came out, people were sharing, like, their dismay. And I remember... 
I couldn't watch it because I had something going on that week, if I remember right. And I remember seeing people make comments, and it really wasn't as bad as it is now. But I remember trying to avoid it because I wanted to watch the finale for myself to see, to experience that firsthand. If I got that the ending spoiled, would it have hurt my watch? Like, I still can rewatch that show. I've rewatched How I Met Your Mother a couple times, and I know it's coming, and I still enjoy it. I still get wrapped up in it. So, does it affect you as much? No. But if you remember. Within that episode, they also did a thing about spoilers. There was an episode of How I Met Your Mother involving the Super Bowl, which is, I know it's a sports event and entertainment like a TV or a movie or a play or a book are a little different, but they remember they went to such lengths to avoid knowing who won the score, some had bets on it, all of that, so much that, like, I remember Ted had a like, noise-canceling headphones and goggles and all that, and, like, pinholes, just so we could only see just so much without being spoiled by the event, and all of them tried to avoid it as much as they could. And it shows that, like, obviously watching us, like, watching the Super Bowl while knowing how it's going to end, like, the next day, probably hurts watchable because a lot of that is, the ending is what you're watching it for. It's not like there's a narrative story that leading up to it. It's not like it's a war movie and, you know, it's, this team versus this team, and oh, how is it going to go? It's not like that. You know it's two people playing that one person's going to win, and once is it, like, oh, that's it. It's minuscule by comparison. It's not, it's an event, but it's not really a story. Like, as, um, let's say they, we remember back when the Cubs won the World Series, and that was a big story. There was the games leading up to it in the finale, and everyone was watching that final game to see will the Cubs break their 100 year curse or whatever and I remember I tried sitting up to watch the game but it ran super long and I remember going to bed um, waking up at like 3am and immediately checking social media to know how it ended and obviously found out really quickly because I have a lot of friends on Facebook and Twitter that are Cubs fans so I got all that info right away now if would it have been more powerful to watch with everyone else? Sure. But I didn't care as much as everyone else. But that's kind of an error story. Like, if they ever made... Say, that didn't exist, but there was a movie about a team with that kind of background and then all that leading up to it. If you knew that ending of that film, would it hurt your watching? No, because you're going to be established by the stories. So sports spoilers are not really... There's not really spoilers. You just... You got it ruined for you. That's a, that's a ruining thing. But, at the same time, getting something minuscule doesn't hurt. Like... Obviously, I know how the first four episodes of Game of Thrones turn out. I know, for the most part, who dies. I know some major plot points. I'm still going to watch the episodes. I'm going to watch them by the end of this week. Fingers crossed. That's my goal. And we'll kind of have to see how how it feels. Like I Knowing that some deaths are recorded. Like I know that a character... Like I know right now where I'm watching, I'm like two episodes from the finale of Season 7. And I know... There's a character who's being sneaky right now that I know is going to die, but I'm still going to watch it. I still want to see how it plays out because I only know a detail about it. But I still, I would like to not know. Or I would like to be able to say, oh, that's crazy. I still want to feel the way everyone else feels, but like, I can't believe they just did that. I can't believe the creators would pull that kind of move on me. But knowing it ahead of time isn't going to, it's going to hurt to an extent, but it's not going to ruin it completely for me. Because I still need to know how they get there. I need You need the lead-up to the event more than you need the event soldier. Like, obviously, 
like I'm, I'm giving people a hard time like i remember dick uh right before i started recording um posted like a meme and meme culture with spoilers is all some other thing posted like um saying like king's landing we surrender and then it's daenerys no so obviously i know something like that happens and i was like listen to my meme I was like stop and he's uh i don't know dracarys or whatever he did a game of thrones did he comment me again while i was doing this i don't know i don't know it is what it is um i, I just don't want to be sold I, I would like to enjoy it as the culture event it is it's like someone at the end someone saying oh you know that walter white dies at the end of breaking bad oh well that kind of sucks now i gotta figure out how it gets to this point and if you're in season one was it because of the cancer or is it like Knowing something that early, like, oh, I'll forget by that point. Which, you might, but you're still going to remember. It's like, certain endings of shows can just ruin it for you. And some people still, like... I've never watched Dexter, and I still know that people hated the ending. And that it was it ruined it. And I know that people hated the ending of Veep, which is another show that's been on for a while. And people hated the ending of... Like, endings are what people seem to remember. But people still love the build-up to it. So people still watch these shows. I guess it, it, it plays into rewatchability more than it plays into person's... But some people, I guess, are very obstinate. Like, I just... For not to be spoiled, I'm not going to yell at you or throw a fit because you spoiled something for you. I remember someone reading about that after Endgame, someone was spoiling the plot in the parking lot and a bunch of people beat him up. That's a bit extreme. I do think, like, I remember leaving theaters and I hear people talking a little loudly about the story. And I, I try not to say anything until I'm out in the parking lot going to my car and I know there's no one around really to hear what I have to say or I'll wait to the car on the way home I don't try and spoil things but like I feel like everyone should be entitled to their experience if they want to as much or as little as that like if it doesn't and it's not an inconvenience to not spoil someone you still have your experience and if you really want to talk about it with someone else you talk about it with that group like I have I have some friends uh, that I talk about the CW superhero shows with. And we don't talk about it unless all three of us in the group have seen it. So the other person isn't spoiled. Or if they're if they're not watching it, then it's not a big deal. So that's what we do there. Like, I'm not, we're not going to post on Facebook back and forth the discussion. We're going to keep it private. I remember when Endgame came out, we were at LafiCon. For those of you who have tuned into the network this past couple of weeks, there's been LafiCon live shows. That we didn't spoil Endgame until basically late in the show, before anyone got there. Um, because we knew there were people either attending, people that were panelists, people that had booths that we didn't want to spoil it for. And honestly, I have a loud voice that carries in a microphone just amplifies that. So, if I spoiled it for anyone, I'm sorry. Everyone should be entitled to their viewing experience. And I gotta say, like I'm partially at fault. Like I will... I, I kind of have that I need to know. It's like, if there's a chance I can find out something first, I wouldn't mind knowing at that time. Like, I could easily avoid spoilers for all this. I could just, oh, well, if you really don't want to be spoiled, you could uninstall Facebook and Twitter from your phone. You could just not go on social media for a few days until you're caught up. Yes, I could easily do that, but I don't want to. So it's kind of on my fault if I get spoiled that way is because I'm choosing to act as a place where people are sharing it. 
that's like walking. Um, I'm trying to give a good example of a case where that makes sense. Is that um, I can't think of a good example. It's like knowingly opening a door to. Or let's see, like this. That's like like wanting to see your wife on her wedding day at the altar, but choosing to open the door into her dressing room before that anyway. Like, I remember the the night is dark and full of spoilers is a thing, or how in Doctor Who, for example, there's a book that takes place that is a, that's a chronological history of the Doctor's life and his, with his wife and all that, that the Doctor wants to read, just wants to see his story, but that's spoilers. That's stuff that hasn't happened yet. And it's, you got to be mindful of that. Like, obviously, it's a mindful out there. I've seen clickbait articles and stuff like, can you believe this person died? They'll show a picture and you're like, oh, but it's actually a picture of died. They're just getting you to psyched or not psyched. And there's those ads that pop up that are always like, did you know this and that? And like, I, I really don't care. But we have to stop being so negative about it. But at the same time, people shouldn't be dicks and sharing it. Like... I can't believe this is... Like, I literally had someone post a list of everyone who died at that, uh... That Battle of, um... Winterfell, uh, episode, which I think was, like, two. The one that everyone's playing that was really dark. It was two or three. I don't remember for sure now. But, literally, someone posted an order of the deaths that shocked him the most. It was like, like, oh, this person killed this person. You're like, oh, great, thank you. Or it's like someone posting an image of a certain dragon breaking down a certain tall structure. Like, oh, I didn't need to see that, but thank you. Now I know it's coming. Now I know that the episode I'm watching where it's like, oh, we need to go here. Like, oh, I know why they're going there because that's what's going to happen. And it's kind of annoying. Like, I would like to be surprised by that. It's probably not going to ruin it for me because I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to feel the experience of when they get to that point when it feels earned for me. But people are always going to cut corners. Some people I know, if there's a thing that they're scared of, they don't want the jump scares, if they want to go see a scary movie, they might read the whole plot to know, like, oh, this happens, and this happens. Like, okay, now I'm good. Now I'm not, now I'm prepared, so I won't freak out when these things happen. Which, yes, everyone is entitled to their experience, and they can choose to avoid it, they can choose to embrace it, they can choose to seek it out. But it is the nature of the beast. So... I have enough talking about how my personal thoughts about spoilers. I have three... Well, I have the Wikipedia page on what spoiler is, and then I have the two articles, and I'm not going to get into what the... I think I explained spoilers enough, so I'm going to get into the two articles about spoilers and spoiler culture and all that. So, this is the first one. This is from Deadspin and slash the concourse, so I'm guessing it's just the... So, someone's thing called Calm Down About Spoilers. Spoiler culture, the capital D discourse surrounding how much of this plot you should know before heading into a piece of media reaches apotho- apothesis with the release of Avengers Endgame and the Game of Thrones episode The Long Night. The fear around spoilers is such that it is entirely believable that a man loudly discussing the plot of Endgame in public would be assaulted. People treat being spoiled or unspoiled as some sort of determining factor for appreciation of a piece of art. There's separate camps, camps for fans who like to know everything and fans that want an experience that involves knowing nothing. An entirely separate spheres of media to cater to both. Any contamination of one camp from the other will somehow ruin the experience in a way that destroys any possibility of enjoyment. 
This is a cultural battle the spoiler phobes are winning. For a while, I was in charge of io9. This is, um, give credit where credit's due, this is an article written by Catherine Trendacosta for the concourse. So, for, this is what she said. So, for a while, I was in charge of io9's morning spoilers, a place where we would round up all the newsy tidbits that weren't quite worth their own post. It was titled Morning Spoilers. It was in the banner. There was a spoiler warning before you click. The tags listed every single property that would be discussed below. But people would still flip out in the comments about having read some they didn't want to know. The thing would happen in posts breaking down movie trailers, which connected publicly available information, knowledge of the source material, and some speculation based on basically how stories worked to figure out what was happening. It was all clearly labeled, and people would still complain. The behavior of the complaint... That all but the vaguest descriptor of an unreleased show or movie or game ruins someone's experience is now mainstream. The division of spoilers expanded so much in recent years that it encompassed just about any information about a piece of pop culture. If the v headline vaguely states that it's about a twist, that is a spoiler. Because now you know there is a twist. The fact that, say, a character's movie or TV show takes place after Endgame spoils that a character won't die, even though the studio has released that information on purpose. Attaching positive or negative adjectives to a headline about a movie is a spoiler. Oh, there's a blank, a great scene with Captain America. Spoiler. Any information, even promotion from the studio designed to get you excited and in the right frame of mind for a work is a spoiler now. It'd be one thing if this were just about fans complaining in blog comments, but their perspectives and specifically being catered to. There's been an uptick in labeling review spoiler-free or spoiler-filled, but the point of review is to provide guidance on whether or not you should spend your money on something. And that can mean spoiling something by warning people that there's a plot point that doesn't work or is downright offensive. And it can mean writing about things that are good, you can't cre recreate them in a review. A spoiler-free rev review at some point just becomes a series of hyperbole designed to get blurbed out, blurbed in an ad by the giant conglomerate behind a property, or to destroy a work that isn't good with the most invective that can be leveled. Nuance doesn't exist because nuance requires data. A review is an opinion and writing it around the idea that any factual information is a spoiler will weaken it by the to the point of uselessness. Being spoiled and having a movie ruined are not the same thing. I stand by a tweet I sent last week. If knowing what happens in a film ruins it, the film wasn't good. Twist and shock value are crutches, and a competent piece of media sets things these things up so they don't truly come out of nowhere, but rather occur organically from what we know about the characters already. The execution is more important the fact of the twist itself. Otherwise, there'd be no point in rereading or rewatching or rereading something, or even in seeing a movie or reading a book rather than just checking a detailed plot somewhere on Wikipedia. You may have a different experience if you are spoiled, but that is worse is merely a matter of opinion. By placing so much importance on not being spoiled to the point of trying to dictate where and how other people talk about the movie is setting yourself up for failure. You still have to live in this world, and if you fly into a rage, if you happen to learn something about a movie, then you ruin the movie for yourself. Literally spoiling people is not cool. A point that is so obvious I didn't think I needed to make it, except people somehow thought that was what my tweet was about. It was not. It was about reassuring people that a movie is ruined by A, being bad, or B, by being in the wrong headspace for it, not by knowing what's going to happen. I had Han Solo's death and The Fourth Awakens ruined for me that way, and it did bum me out slightly to know something for certain that I'd only merely expected. That said, when the scroll started and the movie began, I stopped thinking or caring about what I'd already knew, because there was something about the feeling of that movie that sucked me in. Even though I had knowledge of what was coming, I was still affected by the scene, because I was invested in the arc of the characters the film had established, like I said before. And yes, there was going to be at least one comment, hopefully stuck forever in the graves, from someone who that had just spoiled Han Solo's death for people. 
It's important to have some perspective. Chasing complete ignorance is chasing the feeling of childlike innocence. How much gross behaviors come from fanboys trying to force films to make them feel like children again? There's one thing Star Wars fandom has proven over the last year, it's that. And finally, buying into spoiler culture is to be played by the brands. Brands have been co-opting fandom at a pretty steady clip now. On both sides of the fight, it isn't unusual for a show to have official hashtags to encourage live tweeting because turning TV into an event means encouraging people to watch it live. That makes advertisers happy. For movies and plays where the same thing is being shown over and over, playing into spoiler phobes creates a mystery that can only be solved by buying a ticket in advance and seeing it as soon as upon release as possible. It was really gross that one of the official endgame hashtags was a fun exclusive emoji was hashtag don't spoil the endgame. Stephen Gross, the directors of the movie, posted a letter pleading for the same thing in a way that explicitly named specific fandom activities and that basically claimed that being a real fan involved not talking about it. J.K. Rowling pulled a similar trick for the Harry Potter play The Cursed Child. Previews came with the hashtag keep the secrets and again portraying some fans as traitors. Don't be Wormtail. Here's my spoiler alert. The secret was that the story sucked. The Cursed Child proved that information about the plot only ruins something that fails on every level. The script, which was officially published only a month after the previews in the hashtag, tells an excruciating story, but the execution saves it. If you go into a show as a fan wanting to know where your characters ended up, you're going to come out furious. If you go in with reasonable expectations of how bad the plot is going to be, the spectacle of it will give you pleasure. Keeping the secrets, though, that just let Rowling and company hide the flaws in the script for longer. Fandom and nerd culture are big business now, not just niche concerns. Even though the vast majority of people behind Endgame's gigantic opening weekend are just regular fans, corporations play to the hardcore fans knowing that they're A, a base of revenue that will always show up, and B, a secondary source of revenue for things like toys, books, conventions, and so on. That means encouraging behavior that doesn't make sense when it's no longer just a comic book event confined to comic stores and comic cons, and where people really can curate their experience, but you can't have it both ways. Either as a fan or as a massive studio, and ultimately it doesn't matter. Deciding to buy either the two, this is a cultural moment that everyone must be part of whether they want to or not, or I am not one of the true fans, and God help you if in, in any way intrude on the reality I've constructed. It means disappointment at the very least. It's a waste of time and energy that only makes you unhappier. Just let people experience things however they want. The polite thing is to do before engaging with them, to ask them what they want. You know that means spoiling it for them. Some people are less anxious the more they know going in. And if, having not harassed other people over your own hang-ups, but instead have just taken responsible precautions, you still stumble onto information you'd rather not have, you'll be fine. Breathe. It's still worth seeing, even if you've been spoiled. And if it's not, it wasn't that good in the first place. Being a fan is not an experience a brand or creator gets to dictate. It's not even something other fans get to dictate. Even enjoy things how you like, that's fandom. Very good points. Uh, definitely a good article. There's one that kind of falls in a similar vein. This is, says, Spoiler culture has turned us all into monsters. This is um, by Jim Rich of Esquire. In 2013, I was executive, director, executive editor of the New York Daily News, and we, like every other publication in the country, were covering the series finale of Breaking Bad. It was one of the most popular and critically acclaimed shows in history. The finale was obviously a huge news event. I decided to treat it as such and put our coverage of it across the top of page one. There's all a picture of the main character. The main character, Walter White, with, was the headline, Breaking Dead. Walt meets bloody end in the series finale. Many editors in the newsroom argued we couldn't do that because it would act as a spoiler for those who hadn't watched the finale yet. Coincidentally, this headline behind, beneath the Breaking Bad story was about the New York Giants lost the Sunday afternoon. So I asked the editor, should we not print the score of that game because certainly some fans recorded the event and hoped to watch it the next day? They didn't have a good answer to explain the difference, so the Breaking Bad headline stayed. 
The next morning, as I was buying coffee at my local deli in Brooklyn, a gentleman in front of me purchased a bagel and a copy of the Daily News. A few seconds later, we were both on the sidewalk, and he was crossing the street a few paces ahead of me when he glanced at the paper, stopped in the middle of the intersection, tensed his entire body, and shrieked, No! I like to think he was pissed about seeing the giant score, but we all know what he was mad about. Six years later, spoiler culture has gone too far. It turned us all into monsters. There are the spoiler phobes who wind up on social media at even the slightest hint of a plot detail. Then there are those like me who resent and are annoyed by the spoiler phobes. And there are the people who actually create the entertainment who are forced to take the most bizarre, absurd measures to prevent any semblance of a spoiler. Just in the past year, we've seen the creators of Westworld promise to, in an effort to circumvent the rampant spoiler culture, release a video revealing all spoilers for the entirety of Season 2. Their plan, which was received surprisingly well by fans, ended with a laugh upon the release of a 25-minute custom Westworld Rickroll prank. Avengers director Joe Russo said that none of the Endgame actors, with the exception of Robert Downey Jr., had been allowed to read the entire script. In fact, Spider-Man actor Tom Holland was so vulnerable to leaking spoilers that they didn't even give him any details for the scene he, scenes he was even acting in. I remember for Avengers, the Russo brothers are like, so you're standing here and you're fighting this guy and just do whatever. Also at a Comic-Con Phoenix event last year, and I'm like, okay, who am I fighting? And they were like, well, we can't tell you because it's a secret. Is this really what movie making has come to? Even a showrunner such as David Simmons, the famed creator of The Wire, Trame, and The Deuce, who doesn't consider his work prime for spoiler culture, can't avoid it. I don't write stuff with a lot of twists and turns by standards, and I also don't conjure an audience that runs through the water coolers digital or otherwise after every episode to format speculation. Uh, Simon told by email before conceding, We do not try to publish reveals in whatever episodic synopsis we send out through HBO. That's about it. For the past few weeks, spoiler culture has reached a truly nightmarish climax, with both Avengers Endgame and the final episodes of Game of Thrones. Social media has become a constant battle between the have-scenes and the have-not-scenes. The have-not-scenes will take every opportunity to attack a stranger for a perceived leak of a plot detail. One random person on Twitter accused me of breaking the social contract when I passingly pointed out that Arya Stark killing the Night King was like a last-second game-winning dunk. I'm not sure what this is what Thomas Hobbes or John Locke had in mind. So he posted a screenshot of his tweet, which said, uh, Someone said, this is a spoiler. Jim said, life's one big spoiler, you'll be fine. And then he responded, the guy said, That's not how the social contract we've all entered into works. You're the asshole in this scenario. Nice job, Jimmy. None of this is news. For as long as people have been talking loudly as they walk out of theaters, there have been poor schlubs on their way in for the next showing, complaining about the spoiler they had just overheard. The internet and on-demand viewing has only exacerbated the phenomenon, but at this stage, you think that as a society we have figured out to manage it all better. As Nicholas Christenfield, a psychology professor at UC San Diego, points out, that's what's new about the conundrum. Everyone knows who shot JR, Greisfeld says, referring to the huge reveal in the 1980s primetime soap Dallas. You don't have a chance to watch it at a different time. With asynchronized viewing, the old social contract is suddenly breaking down. To be fair, there are rare exemption, exceptions where sharing plot details about movies, TV shows, or books is just plain rude. If you invite me to your home for dinner, you are more than entitled to request I don't discuss how John and Danny seem destined for a showdown in the final two episodes of Game of Thrones. You have set your face to private, and then you have every right to have your friends honor your request for no in-game discussion. Beyond that, you're being a bit selfish. People get carried away and self-absorbed, Christfeld told with me with a laugh. They're still entitled to that, but they feel violated more than they are, are actually violated. Christian Field and colleague Jonathan D. Uh, leave it published a research paper in 2011 that demonstrated that spoilers not only do not hinder one's enjoyment of a piece or media, they actually enhance them. People who see the research don't believe it. People think that they can't know the ending ahead of time. They are wrong about their own aesthetic judgments. 
Being deceived by one's emotion into making flawed intellectual judgments is understandably human. What's less understandable is the seemingly seeming randomness involved in what spoiler protection people feel entitled to. Imagine walking into a bar on an autumn afternoon during halftime of the same Giants game and demanding the bartender turn off the TVs and that all patrons cease discussion of the game simply because you plan on watching it later. It's preposterous, no? It would likely get through another bar on your ass, but how is that different than the way people behave with dramatic series and movies? When you watch Hamlet, is it ruined if you know he dies? You'd have to be an idiot going to a Shakespeare play and not knowing the ending. He's right, it doesn't ruin or dissuade people from watching Shakespeare's plays. We all know what happens. It's like looking at the Mona Lisa more than once, or listening to Bob Dylan's Blood of the Tracks despite knowing the sequence and word of every song on the album. This is what separates the football game from movies, plays, TV shows, paintings, and songs. Football isn't art. Its plot is driven towards a singular purpose, the final score. It's not how TV shows and movies should be treated, yet they are. I have a French filmmaker friend who scoffs at the American idea of a plot in movies. He thinks film is art and should be consumed as such. Plot is for children. I'd argue spoilers and the culture surrounding them are too. If we demand and accept having our breaking news fed to us intravenously via push alert, shouldn't we not flinch at the needle prick that is the plot reveal? In a world where our TV and film choices are no longer cul-de-sacs of guilty pleasure or cultural enlightenment, yet full-blown news cycle events, that seems like a reasonable ask. Even with access to on-demand entertainment to watch on our own time, should we treat Game of Thrones episodes as a live entertainment event when the conversation is happening in real time? The way we are exposed to details about major culture events is evolving along with society that demands immediate access to news information. Spoilers aren't any different. If I happen to follow someone on Twitter who posts about a show or movie, is that my fault or theirs? Chrisfield asks before suggesting it isn't the person who's posting that is responsible for protecting you from a spoiler. No one owes you that. We live in a world of spoilers, one that's even more heightened and immediate than the media landscape in which I put Breaking Bad on the cover of Daily News. And the earlier we accept that, the better it will be for everyone. So both these articles raised very good points. No one owes you anything. Like, I can... Yes, you can be mad at someone, but they don't have to list you. It's their page. They can post whatever they want to. And they're, it's their right as a free person that's rolled into their own body autonomy. So, I can be upset that Dick can post memes about Game of Thrones or whatever, but I can't, he, I can't be like, you have to stop that, and he doesn't have to listen to me. He... He can post whatever he wants. He could just... He could... If he really wanted to, he could send me a message spoiling the whole plot for me if he would like. It kind of reminds me of uh, something I saw... Like a... Wow, was it a couple weeks past? It was right after Endgame. Someone made a comment about how... They were spoiled... Someone spoiled Infinity War for them. So they befriended them and over the course of the year grew that friendship... As such, then once Endgame came out, took screenshots of all the big character reveals and then sent all of that to him in rapid fire so that he couldn't avoid it, just as retribution for the action taken on that. Like, now, that's a bit of an extreme statement. Obviously, you just could need to let it go because, yes, yeah, someone can spoil it for you, that sucks, but it doesn't hurt your enjoyment. Like, I've. No, I've seen plenty of plays that I've read the script. I know exactly how it's going to end, but I'm drawn into the story anyway because how it's being performed. People used to leak scripts all the time for movies and people would read them and all that. And look, if you're seeing a movie based on adapted on a previously adapted product, like if you like I watched all of I read all of the Game of Thrones books that were out before I watched any of the series. 
So for the first few seasons, yes, I knew things were coming. Obviously, they detract a little bit, but it's like, for example, the people who watched the Walking Dead show who've read all of the comics or are current on the comics, knowing that certain plot points were going to come to pass. They still were surprised when you saw what happened. Like, say, for example, when Negan bashed a couple people in the head. People are still upset and freaking out. Like, how did this happen? Like, yeah, you know it's going to happen. They know it's coming, but you're still just as afraid because you don't know how it is actually going to play out. And I think that's just the nature of spoilers. Like, I could give you the whole plot stops of this episode, and that's still not going to change. Like, oh, it's about spoilers. Like, I give you the news in there. Like, like I know, like, on other shows on the network, or people are doing movie reviews, will post, like, spoiler-free reviews. And I've listened to them, but I'm not listening to your review to have it be spoiler-free. I'm listening to it to get the to get all the spoilers, because I shouldn't be... Typically, I'm not going to go to a review unless I've already seen the film or I've seen the show or whatever. So I feel like doing a spoiler-free review works to an extent, but if you're just going to do the spoiler one at the end, just give me the one at the end and let people wait to get to it. But that's just my two cents about spoilers and all of that. So I'm going to wait, and probably in like 48 hours, once people calm down about Game of Thrones, I will take those spoiler blockers off, but I try one at least... It's my own actions to avoid these certain spoilers. And hopefully it works out, and if it doesn't, I'm still going to watch it because I just want to see how it ends. And if that involves getting spoiled along the way, I'll just take it because that's the nature of not being caught up. But I feel like you should be a little courteous, but at the same time, you're not you're entitled to your own thoughts about things, and you can share it how you see fit. So it's basically... There's a lot of camps. You have, you're going to have your own opinions. That's just mine. But I think that'll do it for Port 360 for this week. Definitely try and keep spoilers to yourself at least for a little bit. Or at least be vague enough. Or if you want to share it, share it to specific people. Like, I don't know how Detective Pikachu ends. And I know it's out now. So, some people are... But I've thankfully not seen spoilers. But I know it hasn't had nearly the same cultural effect. So, I'm still going to probably see it regardless. But thankfully no one's spoiled it for me yet. So... That does it for a spoilerific episode of Poor360. I am Andrew Poor. You guys have a great week. You've been listening to Poor360. You can find us on the socials at Poor360 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us and all the other podcasts on our network at journeyintocomics.com or early access at patreon.com slash journeyintocomics. You can find us on all podcasting platforms like CastBox, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and many others.